ان الحمد لله نحمده تعالى ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد يا ايها المسلمون الله سبحانه عليه الصلاه والسلام in a narration that has been recorded by Imam Al-Bayhaqi declared Hassan by Imam Al-Albani he said Al-Islam يَعْلُوا وَلَا يُعْلَى عَلَيْهِ Islam, it is superior, it is uppermost, it is dominant. وَلَا يُعْلَى عَلَيْهِ And Islam, it cannot be dominated. Islam, it cannot be overcome. It cannot be made inferior. Now one point to mention, or rather two points to mention, before we go even any further, is that this statement of your Nabi Al-Kareem alayhi salam does not mean that Islam is to be forced upon the non-Muslims, forced upon people. As we all know, Allah Jalla wa Ala, He has said in His book, La ikraha fi deen there is no compulsion in religion. But then he tells us why there is no forcing of the deen. The correct path, the true guidance, it has been made distinct from the erroneous, incorrect path. You can't force true belief into a person's heart. That's one point. Second point. Is that the statement of the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam? Al-Islam ya'lu wa la alayhi. Islam, it is uppermost, superior, dominant. And therefore it cannot be dominated. It can't be made inferior. This does not now mean that the non-Muslim is to be treated with disrespect and, host and hostility. Just because Islam, it is superior, does not now mean that we treat the non-Muslims with hostility and disrespect. As Allah Jalla wa Ala has clearly stated in his book, لَا يَنْهَاكُمُ اللَّهُ عَنِ الَّذِينَ لَمْ يُقَاتِلُوكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ وَلَمْ يُخْرِجُوكُمْ مِنْ دِيَارِكُمْ أَنْ تَبَرُّوهُمْ وَتُقْسِطُوا إِلَيْهِمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُقْسِطِينَ That Allah does not prohibit you concerning those people who don't fight you because of your religion and don't drive you out of your homes 
Allah doesn't prohibit you from being good to them and fair to them because Allah he loves those that are fair so that is an important point that should be mentioned this statement of the messenger Islam is superior can't be made inferior what does it mean that the that the deen of Islam it is superior in everything the beliefs of the deen of Islam they are superior they are greater they are better and we should have no shyness in saying that that the laws of the deen of Islam they are superior they are greater they are better and they cannot be dominated by anything or any other belief or any other law the akhlaq that the deen of Islam teaches the mannerisms that the deen of Islam teaches they are the greatest they are the most superior and they cannot be dominated can't be made inferior and this becomes clear to the believing man and believing woman just by comparing what else is on offer on the table for them there is the statement that the people of knowledge they make things become clear by their opposites by looking at the opposite of something you you appreciate that thing itself by way of the night you're able to appreciate the day by way of poverty you see the value of wealth because of the fact that you become sick then you realize the value of being healthy and by seeing the vulgarity by seeing the ridiculous nature of kufr of dalala of disbelief and of misguidance by seeing how false and how futile and how ridiculous all of that is as a result of that true belief and guidance it becomes valued greater valued in your eyes so let's see what they have on offer on the table we say to them al-islam it is far superior with all due respect deen of islam it is far superior than any other religion any other belief any other ideology any other way of life so what do they have the atheist for example the atheist you ask him how is it the case that you justify your belief how is it the case that you justify this iman that you have this faith that you have that the universe came into existence by nothing so he'll say because logic dictates it he'll say because the intellect necessitates it but then that very same person that very same atheist if it was the case that he felt a sudden thud at the back of his head and then he turns around and he finds that there is a rock on the floor what's the first thing that he's gonna ask the first thing that he's gonna say is who threw that rock on my head now if you turn around and say to him it just happened nobody threw the rock it just happened there was no cause that caused the rock to hit your head it just it just it just happened what's he going to say to you He's going to say you're crazy you're insane and rightfully so why because that aql of his a reason of his recognizes the fact that for an action to occur there has to be a fa'il there has to be a doer that caused the action to occur in the first place that is just a rock how about this universe which is far more complex than the rock or the atheist may say to you that listen 
I'm not too knowledgeable about this, but the reason why I believe in this atheism is because the scientists, they're all saying it. How can they be wrong? All of the scientists are saying it. Well, all of the scientists that I know of, they are saying this. They must be right. So then you say to him that those scientists behind this evolutionary biology, they are the ones that also say that there are races superior to other races. The founder of your belief, Charles Darwin, didn't he say in his works that in reality it is the white man that is far superior than those that are of a darker color? Did he not describe those that were of a darker color as being savages? Did he not say that the white race in reality is superior to the other races? Do you believe in that? You'd say to the atheist. Obviously, he doesn't believe in that. So clearly, from the get-go, we can see that there are holes in your belief. There are deficiencies in your belief. And thus, we can clearly see how superior Islam it is because whatever Islam comes with, it coincides with the aql. It coincides with the reason. And it coincides with the fitrah with the natural inclination that the human being has been hardwired with, pre-programmed with. The deen of Islam in reality, it invites mankind to utilize their aql. <coughs> As Allah Jalla wa Ala, <coughs> He has said in His book, إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ In the creation of the heavens and the earth, and in the alternation of the night and the, and, and the day, there are signs, but signs for whom? Signs for a people of aql, signs for a people of intellect, signs for a people of understanding, those who reflect, those who ponder, those who analyze and they don't shut off their aql. So the deen of Islam, we can begin by saying it is superior because of the fact that it calls and invites mankind to utilize their aql, to utilize their mind. And the first thing that it invites humankind to reflect is the purpose of their existence, the purpose of their life, why they are here in the first place. Allah Jalla wa Ala, he said in his book, وَمَا خَلَقْنَا السَّمَاءَ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا بَاطِلًا ذَلِكَ الظَّنُّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فَوَيْلُ لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنَ النَّارِ We haven't created the heaven and the earth and whatever exists between them in futility, in vain, without any reason <clears throat> we haven't created this whole existence without any reason that is the conjecture of those who disbelieve that is the suspicion of those who disbelieve that is the idea the false idea of those who disbelieve and therefore woe to the disbelievers from the fire of hell the deen of islam it invites you to reflect as to why you are here are here just think for example about an individual about yourself if you went to sleep in your house, you go to sleep in your house in Bolton. And then when you wake up, all of a sudden you find that you're in an aeroplane flying up in the sky. The first thing that you would ask is what? The first thing that you would ask is, who put me here? Why am I here? What's the purpose of me being here? And if someone turns around to you and says, be quiet, don't think about these things. Just enjoy yourself on the plane. You'd say you're insane. 
It goes against aql, it goes against reason not to reflect about why I'm in this aeroplane. That's just an aeroplane. How about life that you wake up in every single day, not thinking about why you're here, not thinking about who put you here, not thinking about what that creator wants from you. And so at the very beginning, the deen of Islam, it is superior because it is, it is inviting mankind to think about the actual purpose as to why they're here. And the actual purpose as to why they're here, even the mind can come to the conclusion, the correct conclusion concerning that. That Allahu Jalla wa'ala, that the creator behind this whole universe, he has knowledge. I can see this by observing it, by observing the universe. He has power, he has wisdom, he has might, he has ability, and he has generosity. He's given me so many assets, the eyes, the ears, the ability to see, the ability to breathe, the ability to move, all of these blessings he's granted me. I have to be grateful to him for these blessings. This in reality is the deen of Islam. This in reality is the foundation of the deen of Islam, at-tawheed. Singling out the creator with your absolute unconditional love and your absolute unconditional surrender. That my Rabb Jalla wa'ala, he has granted me all of these blessings, all of these assets, assets that are, in, that are in reality worth millions and billions and trillions of pounds. These assets that I have, I have to be grateful to him. I have to surrender to him out of gratitude to him, out of thankfulness to him. And thus the human being, when he realizes this, then he asks himself, how do I submit to this creator? How do I pay gratitude to the Creator? And for that reason, Allah Jalla wa'ala, He sent these prophets throughout time. Prophets that came with guidance, guidance from the Creator. That guidance that has within it proofs and signs and indications and evidences that show that this Prophet has truly been sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the last of them, being our Nabi Muhammad ibn Abdullah alayhi salatu wasalam. Such proofs and such evidences that Prophet came with. He was of such a character that it makes no sense to reject him as being a Prophet while at the same time a person embraces all of these other false Prophets like Charles Darwin, like these other founders of these social and liberal movements of Western society today. How people fully embrace their ideas while those people have no integrity to their character. Yet the Messenger of Allah والسلام, he had the highest standard of character. His character, his portfolio if you like for a period of 40 years before he became a prophet was so high it makes no sense for a person to reject him. And therefore we can clearly see that the deen of Islam, ya'lu, it is superior, it is uppermost, it is high. It is lofty, it is dominant when a person compares it to all other religions because what the deen of Islam it comes with, it coincides with the aql, does not contradict with the aql and it coincides with your fitrah, it coincides with your innate disposition that you've been hard wired with. And so when we realize that fact, the fact that there is in reality honor in being Muslim, Honor in following Islam. Honor in following the Prophet 
When we think about his statement that Islam, Islam, it is uppermost, then it makes no sense for us to be weak in our Islam. It makes no sense for us to be ashamed of our Islam, to be embarrassed about Islam. Rather, this statement of the Messenger of Islam, Al-Islam Ya'lu, that Islam, it is uppermost, it is dominant, it is superior, and it cannot be made inferior. That shows that you, the Muslim, should be manifesting your Islam. You, the Muslim, should have izzah of, of your Islam. You should have honor of your Islam. You should be proud of your Islam because it is the greatest. It is the most superior. And so anything of the deen of Islam that your Lord has commanded you to, to follow, you should not be embarrassed about it. You should not be shy about it like many from amongst the Muslimun are today. Suffering from that al-hazima and nafsiyah that inferiority complex concerning their deen. So they, became, they become ashamed of practicing certain things amongst the disbelievers. Your Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, he taught you that if the food falls on the floor, you don't throw it away for the devil to eat from. Rather, this Islam, it teaches you that you pick up that piece of food and you eat it because of the fact that the creator of the heavens and the earth who created that food and created you, he sent a prophet saying that there's no problem in doing that in any way, shape or form. And so when the disbeliever, he turns to you and he says that, look at what your religion teaches you. You tell him, I have no problem in doing that. I believe in something greater than that. I believe that this man Muhammad, he said that if you don't follow Islam, you're going to go to hell. But if you follow Islam, you'll get to enter eternal bliss, Al-Jannah. The disbeliever of Islam, they cause the women of Islam, they cause them to become a feeling of inferiority because of the hijab. The Muslim women, some of them, they feel ashamed to wear the hijab. They feel ashamed to cover themselves. They feel embarrassed. What are people going to say? They're going to say to me that your religion is an oppressive religion. They're going to say to me that, look at your religion. It forces you to cover yourself. They're going to call me because I cover my face. A bank robber. They're going to say that you look like a bank robber. They're going to say that you look like a letterbox. But then consider this, that those very same people that just yesterday were calling you, my sister in Islam, a, a bank robber, looking like a bank robber, looking like a letterbox, those very same people that were saying that to you yesterday, today, how they raced before even this, the face mask even became mandatory. Before it even became mandatory, those that accused the women of Islam of being looking like bank robbers and looking like letterboxes, how they raced to put on the face mask before it even became a legal obligation. How they raced to look like those bank robbers. How they raced to look like those letterboxes before it even became a legal obligation here. Why? Why did those people race? Why did they, why did they not say, what are people going to say? I'm going to be embarrassed going out in public covering my face. Why did they not say that? 
Why did they rush to do that? Those that accused you, the Muslim woman, of looking like a bank robber, of looking like a letterbox. Why did they race to do that? Because those that told them to do so had wasn't in their eyes. They found weight in their kalam. Those that told them to cover their faces before it even became mandatory, their kalam had wasn't. Their kalam had weight in their eyes and thus they raced. They heard and they obeyed before it even became a legal obligation. Now it's a different story. Before it even became a legal obligation, those that called the Muslim women letterboxes and bank robbers because they covered their face, they, within a day, raced towards looking like those letterboxes and like those bank robbers. Why? Because the kalam of those that told them to wear those face masks had wasn't in their eyes. Where is the wasn't in your eyes of the kalam of your Rabb? Who, who tells you to cover yourself? Where did the wasn't of that kalam go? Where did the weight of that kalam go? Your messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he said that the men, they should grow their beards and trim their mustaches. Your messenger said it, not me, not anybody else. Your messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, the one who doesn't speak from himself, it's from Allah. He said that the men should grow their beards and they should trim their mustaches. And so there's that period of time, there's been that period of time where men, Muslim men, they would feel this hazima, this inferiority complex. I don't want to do it. People are going to call me scruffy. I'm going to have problems at work. People are going to say I look scruffy and tidy. But then lo and behold, now as the culture is changing, now it's becoming a trend to have the beard. Those same people who consider it to be scruffy to wear the beard, now because it's a trend, now because it's cool to do it, now they're doing it. Those people, they're not bothered about what anybody else is going to say to them. Why? Because the trend, it has wasn't in their eyes. The trend, the culture, it has wasn't, it has weight in their eyes. Where is the wazan of the kalam of your Rasul when he said to you, leave your beards and trim your mustaches? And we can go on and on and on and on about how many things the Muslims they engage in that Allah has prohibited. How many things the Muslims leave of the deen? Why? Just because they have this inferiority complex concerning their religion. That Muslim man, that Muslim woman, should bring to mind the statement of the Messenger Islam it is superior and it cannot be made inferior but for that superiority for that dominance to become manifest you have to manifest your Islam Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulihi al-kareem Nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een Amma ba'd Faya ayyuhal muslimoon Allah's Messenger alayhi salatu wassalam He said Al-Islam ya'lu wa la yu'la alayhi Islam it is superior, dominant And it cannot be made inferior It cannot be dominated 
And the greatest thing that it is superior in is its asal, its foundation, the aqeedah, the belief system of Islam. That is the thing that sets it apart from everything else. That is the thing that makes it so superior. And then everything else follows, follows on from that. When you realize that, that your izzah and your superiority as a Muslim, it is found in your aqeedah, it is found in your belief, it is found in your creed, then that means that you have to pay great attention to your aqeedah, great attention to your belief, great attention to what makes you separate from everybody else. And if you're not careful about it, if you don't give it its due concern, its due attention, then that thing that gives you izzah, that thing that gives you superiority, because it's not there, you'll become inferior. You'll become dominated. You'll become like nothing. Your izzah is in your aqeedah. And those that plot and conspire against Islam, they recognize that. They recognize this fact. And thus you'll find some of them having said, even 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago, that the reason, this is their statement, that the reason behind the downfall of classical Islam, meaning Salafiyyah, that which the Salaf were upon, the Aqeedah that the Salaf were upon, the early Imams whose authority of religion was borne witness to, that the reason behind the downfall of classical Islam was the entrance of Greek philosophy into the ranks of the Muslims. And when Greek philosophy entered into the ranks of the Muslims, that resulted in the non-Arab who weren't educated about Islam, explaining the Islamic belief system away in light of Greek philosophy. That is the reason what brought about the downfall, the destruction of Islam. Who said that? A Muslim, a non-Muslim. A non-Muslim that is fair with the Muslims? No. A non-Muslim that conspired against Muslims. Someone that was part of the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan. Even they made these observations. Even they, they know this. That your izzah, ya Abdullah, it is in your aqeedah. And when you allow, and when you're not, when your guard isn't up, and when you're not on the ball concerning what beliefs are coming to you, and what beliefs you're, made, you're being made to believe in, when you're not on the ball in relation to that, that is what is going to bring about your destruction. As has been borne witness by these people who are not even Muslims. Therefore, this indicates, my brother may Allah have mercy upon you, my sister may Allah have mercy upon you. This indicates very clearly that the Muslim has to give a great amount the greatest amount, in fact, of attention to his aqeedah, ensuring that he is not allowing the beliefs, beliefs that are present within the textbooks of your children at school, for example, beliefs that are being put forth to you within various different media outlets, that those beliefs don't affect you, that those beliefs don't infiltrate into you in the guise of Islam. Rather, the Muslim, he should be shrewd, he should be wise, he should be on the ball, Ensuring that he's learning the correct aqeedah. If he doesn't do so, then the very same thing that caused him to become superior will cause him to become inferior as a result of leaving, as a result of being negligent, 
concerning his correct aqeedah. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam wa sallallahu ma'ala nabiyyina Muhammad walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa aqeem as-salah.